Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of DirtyOldMen.TV. Uh, I am Simon, one of your hosts, my uh, illustrious co-host, very good friend and cohort here on the show, Mr. Colin Roundtree. Uh, over to my left, I think it is. I think I got that right this time. Uh, we're very lucky to have an awesome dude on the show today. I am personally very, very excited and interested in this person because I am a self-proclaimed nerd and gamer, and uh, he has everything to do with everything I love, porn and gaming. His name is Mr. Brian Schuster. I hope I pronounced that right. He is the CEO of Red Light Center, a massively multiplayer sex game set in a, uh, in a huge virtual world. And uh, if you're familiar with stuff like uh, World of Warcraft or Terra Online or uh, any other MMO out there, you're going to have a good idea of what Red Light Center is. So, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. My pleasure. And, Brian, um, actually, I think your company name is... Um Otherverse, or That's if right. you put it, or if you put an umlaut over, it's Utiverse, which is very popular <laughs> with the Germans in the diapers. Let's yeah. go to the Utiverse. <laughs> but you, you really shouldn't say that on the show. You're going to propagate, and it's like I run into that every single person I meet. The first time they uh, say the name of my company, they say Utiverse. They say no, no, it's Otherverse. I actually Otherverse. always thought it was Utiverse too. I don't know why it just happened naturally. Because it sounds cooler. It does. It does kind of sound. It sounds cooler. way cooler. <laughs> but Otherverse so, makes more sense. <clears throat> So Brian, um, good to see you. We've been you seeing, too, buddy. We've been seeing each other like since like 1995, 1996. I'm often described I'm as I, I, I'm often described as a dinosaur in the industry, and you know you're you we're like the dinosaur twins. It turns out, um, you know, we've last been bumping into each other. Law, last two standing. We've turned into birds like by we're, now. Yeah, we're growing. <laughs> we're growing feathers. Um, Let's 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 get in the way back machine and go way back to Brian Chester before there was an an other verse or a red light center. How did you get involved in all of this? I mean, my story everybody knows, but I, I'm not even sure I know your story. Wow. Well, yeah. You know, my story is an interesting story. I actually, if I go back far enough, it starts where I was in college and I got. Uh, I was lucky enough to become an internationally syndicated cartoonist. Really? Uh, yeah. I was doing a daily comic panel. I, I'm sure you remember The Far Side. Sure. Um, my comic replaced The Far Side when Gary Larson retired. Amazing. And, I just became an even bigger fan of you. I've always been a fan of The Far Side. What, uh, what, was, the name, what was the name of the comic? Uh, the name of the comic was Chaos. Just spelled okay. C-H-A-O-S. And I did, okay. uh, I did over 3,000... Of these comics, uh, co compiled into books and uh, T-shirts, postcards, and all of that jazz. And um, as part of my effort to popularize the comic, um, I started running. Uh, I got introduced to the internet in '94, and I started running a little uh, web URL. I owned ComicStrip.com at the time. Mm -hmm. I was so mortified that I couldn't get like comic or chaos. Like, ah, <laughs> ComicStrip.com. If you got um, that, if someone bought that now, that would be like ten trillion dollars. <laughs> it was, um, uh, and I uh, ran that URL in the comic. Um, started creating, started posting a cartoon online every day, and that introduced me to the web. Um, the short version of the story, because shoot, we've only got an hour, is um, the. Website became popular for what it was in the day. Back in 1994, 95, you know, I was getting 300 visitors a day. It wasn't enough to get any newspapers excited. Um, but it got me thinking about advertising. 
and how one could monetize the internet. Um, so I quickly started an advertising company. Um, we used, we, we invented banner ads, we invented, uh, you know, back then the technology was so difficult to track um, what banner a user was seeing um, mm-hmm. if we wanted to rotate through banners. Um, anyway, I started this advertising company, developed all this advertising technology, uh, got a, a, a large uh, network of websites to participate, including Alta Vista and a few, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while. I know, right? All of them are gone now. Um, but uh, nobody was buying advertising on the internet back in those days, so I couldn't, couldn't monetize. Um, and I got one guy, basically, who said, look, you know, I'll fund your company if you'll run uh, ads for my 900 sex number. 900 sex numbers being popular mm-hmm. back in the mid oh, yeah. Um And I said, no, no, you know, I, I'm not going to do adult. I'm not going to do adult. And... Uh, about 30 days later, I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I turned around. I, I got a partner who uh, at the time owned a nine, uh, like picked up a 900 uh, number sex line. I created XPix site of the day. And, you know, that was history. XPix site of the day. And the first day it was out, uh, it was one of the most popular sites on the internet within a week. Obviously, you know, I had Earthlink calling me because their whole network was down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to leave Earthlink. Yeah. I, moved I, over. I, had, I had to leave Earthlink once upon a time, too, about the same year, <laughs> but for different reasons. They found porn. Oh, my God, <laughs> there's porn. Yeah. But I started XPix with, literally, I, scan, I scanned four pictures from, like, some old, old German porn magazine. I did the same thing. That's how I got started. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it crashes Earthling servers, right? Um, but XPix, the, the trick to XPix back in that day was um, I would give people an award for being the site of the day and I'd point all of my traffic at them. But in order to <laughs> they had to post that award up on their site and it was prestigious. So mm-hmm. they put Post the award, I would get all this traffic coming in. I'd recycle it to one site a day. And I mean, XPix just became uh, a monster, as you and probably only you recall. <laughs> um, yes, I do. So, I mean, kind of like, again, because we only have an hour, I am fascinated by this. Hopefully, we can have you on again soon, uh, just because I'd, I'd love to delve more into the history of this. And uh, you, you and, you, seeing you and Colin together is actually hilarious, because you're like, yeah, I totally pirated magazines, too. And that's how I got started. You know, it, it's pretty funny. But I'd like to... And what, like to and what's, what's, what's really, really funny as a sidebar on that thing is, although, you know, we both started out pirating German magazine yeah. scan porn, you know. I'm the one they call the dinosaur and look like one. <laughs> and he looks like he's 30 years old. My God, he's so svelte. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, aged quite well. But, but I'm curious, like, you know, fast forwarding to uh, Red Light Center, um, how did this beast come about? I mean, wh- how did you become interested in it? Have you developed a game before? Are you a gamer? Would, would you consider, like, what, what was the motivation for getting into a game, uh, developing sure. a video game? Sure. Well, you know, there were, it, I came at it from a couple of different angles. Um, uh, first of all, um, I really liked what I found in the adult entertainment industry. Um, it, it, and what I mean by that, obviously, there's a lot of glitz and glamour, but I was able to develop technology um, throughout my career on the Internet 
And it really stays under the radar. I mean, you know, we developed all kinds of advertising technology and core internet technologies, and other, other companies didn't in, in the mainstream didn't immediately jump on it. And that gave us a huge technological lead. So I really enjoyed developing technology and being able to put it in the field and field test it and refine it. Um, I also, I should say, at the same time as Xpex, uh, started up a company called Infinite, and I, I did some huge mainstream projects. I developed uh, a lot of the core search technology, for example, uh, uh, things that Google uses and things that, I mean, you see on every website. Um, I was playing a game called Ashron's Call as yep. sort of like, I remember that. Do you? Yeah, oh, yeah. of course, man. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> And, man, you know, it, what a great stress reliever. I'd come back from, you know, a day of, well, you know, and uh, uh, go, and, go and kill some monsters. Um, and I had this really bizarre experience in Ashran's Call where um, I would be out questing with a group of, obviously, gamer guys, right? And we'd have a quest that we were trying to accomplish. And all of a sudden, you know, some girl would join up in the quest, and everybody forgot about <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, where are you from? What are you, you know? Uh, ASL, uh, man. <laughs> so, you know, that, that got me thinking, like, this is crazy. You have so many people in this MMO, and they don't do anything with the real world. They don't, they don't acknowledge that this is a huge platform for people to meet. They don't sell any real-world items. In fact, it's prohibited from dealing in cash and all of that. And so that got me really sort of stimulated about MMO stuff. And then at the same time, of course, the adult Internet was cr crashing hard. And, uh, you know, there were, there were body parts all around that <laughs> supposed to be there <laughs> for right. what we were filming. Um, so, you know, looking for something new to do, I was on a trip to Amsterdam with my uh, then business partner, who is now deceased, unfortunately, Ray Schwartz, great friend of mine, great guy. Um, and uh, he and I were pretty uh, roasted, <laughs> Try to, uh, totally legal in Amsterdam, I'm told. Um, uh, and we were just uh, talking about what would be the next generation of the internet and some of these difficult things that we wanted to do things that the internet couldn't do like we're saying how do we host a convention um, on the internet and uh, amazingly like uh, first trip to Amsterdam we didn't come up with red light center we came up with the idea of doing a dating site in um, a virtual world and as we started to develop it we took another trip back to Amsterdam and went you know how how are we missing the obvious? We're Did you just basically fly to Amsterdam to get high and come up with brilliant ideas? <laughs> like every time you get stuck, you just fly to Amsterdam and like, all right, here's my next business idea. <laughs> uh, it was really fun for a while. Amsterdam lost its charm for me, especially now that uh, pot's not legal there anymore. Um, and I'm in Vancouver where, let's just basically say... Basically legal? <laughs> basically legal. Not that I smoke pot or anything. No, Good never. God forbid, but... Um, maybe I should go. To, maybe I should go to Amsterdam. My, my, you know, year after year after year is sort of stand in the shower or go sit on the toilet for twenty minutes, and then yeah. the inspiration comes. Maybe Amsterdam is the key. It's Amsterdam like, is well, the key. It definitely was. I mean, you know, we uh, especially like my partner had some great connections there, so we we stayed in these like uh, uh, suites um, uh, for a week, and just like I don't know, we were completely hooked up with everything, and. Uh, 
uh, it was a great place to sort of get inspired and, and brainstorm, especially if you're coming up with, you know, Red Light Center, which was our first virtual world. It was even before Otherverse. So in a way, you're right saying CEO of Red Light Center. Um, you know, realize, of course, you know, sex is what started the Internet. Sex is what's going to start the 3D web. And really, when we talk about Otherverse, we talk about Red Light Center, it is the 3D web. I'm, I'm, I've started calling it actually Web3.d or web 3.e mm -hmm. um, because there are so many things that you can do now in, with the 3D web browser and Red Light Center and Otherverse that you just, I mean, we hosted an adult entertainment convention. That was and, awesome, by the way. That was really cool. Colin was actually a speaker at that. Yeah, um, I was, yep, that I was, was, so I was cool. one of your speakers. It was, it was excellent. And the one thing I want to throw in at this point, because, you know, I had um, I'd seen the development of Red Light Center and um, Otherverse over the last, you know, three or four years since you've been right. tweaking it. And then I was brought in to be a speaker at this virtual convention for the adult entertainment industry and the fans. And I had no idea. I, and I poured in, you know, to this thing on this piece of software, and I didn't even know how to walk. I'd say, oh, oh, the arrow keys do something. Oh, here's a door. How do I open a door? Oh, my. So it was like this whole, like, you know, where's Waldo, you know, Colin the Luddite trying to figure out what the fuck he's doing. And then when your volunteers came up and basically oriented me how to make my way around, I had thought it was a game. I had thought it was something where you, you know, you get points and you jump over people and you get to get a blowjob if you win. Or, it's not that at all. It has nothing to do with that. I mean, this is a virtual community. Um, and right. what, I, what I quickly found out is that a lot of people actually live there. I mean, yeah. they've, they've got their corporal bodies in real life, but the guy has got a store where he's like a furniture builder, and he's got a bungalow on the beach, and he got married in the chapel, and yeah. he goes home, and he takes off his clothes, and he takes a shower virtually, and he goes to bed, and he wakes up in the morning, and he goes back to his shop, and it, he, it, and know, he makes things for people. There's TVs that plug in there. People watch movies together. Like you get together with a group, go to a comedy show, get back, go back, have a three-way like uh, uh, cuddle for a while. Um, uh, I, I just found out we uh, we hit a pretty uh, pretty great landmark um, just a couple of days ago where we uh, uh, paid out our three millionth dollar wow. uh, to users. So I mean it's a real economy. Like uh, uh, users have cashed out now more than three million bucks. Okay, can you actually just backpedal a few steps there and, and sure. tell me what you mean by paying out I mean I, I'm pretty sure I know what you mean. Um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, for example, like the real money auction house that uh, that just launched in Diablo, for example, right? So I mean yeah, people might example. be familiar with that, but how does what what are you what exactly are you talking about in terms of paying out well you know users? Uh, let me let me backtrack that a little bit to the the story of you know how commerce got started in in Red Light Center. Um, the the very first occupation was uh, being a working girl, which man uh, ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny. I mean we we are you know everything that like it's the beginning of the human culture all over again. Right. Um, so. Uh, uh, you know, we allowed users to uh, figured. Okay, you know, we're starting a virtual Amsterdam. One of the things, virtual, you know, red light district. Uh, obviously, there's working girls, right? Um, we introduced a virtual currency, um, and users can buy and sell the virtual currency between each other. Um, but we uh, operate as um, the clearinghouse for that, so that it's all done safely and securely, and users don't get ripped off. So one user puts up uh, raises the virtual currency. You know, they earn it. 
um, let's say they're a working girl, they earn you know 500 rays, they put it up for sale, another user buys it, they agree on price, it's done with a standard market um, uh, exchange, um, we escrow the funds, and then we send the funds out um, uh, to the user. And so, in, in, in real money. In real money, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so users um, have all kinds of stores and commerce, and uh, uh, you know they work either they work individually or they work. I mean, you know, we we do a thousand weddings a year in Red Light Center, so there's a whole industry around that with wedding planners and DJs and people that design dresses and bridesmaid dresses wow. and all. And they all get paid in virtual currency. They sometimes use it to buy other goods and services. They sometimes sell it. Um, and uh, you know, we have people that have made um, 150, 250 thousand bucks um, as like real enterprises. And Colin um, uh, is uh, starting up uh, an, a really exciting one: uh, uh, virtual wasteland. Yep. Uh, Vir Virtual.wasteland.com. It is on a soft launch right now. Um, we've been on it for about three months of development. Um, you and I had a conversation about, I don't know, four months ago, uh, Phoenix Forum, I think we were at. That's right. And we said, you know, let's just do this. I, you know, since I did the virtual convention, I saw the commercial viability of this thing. So, you know, we've, we've got an absolutely gorgeous dungeon space. We've got a gift shop that's white-labeled with stockroom for bondage gear. There's a nightclub, and now we're starting to explore... Um, these sort of doorway trades with other people who have got worlds in there where we're sending pe sending our visitors back and forth. You know, we've got Movie of the Week Club where you can watch full-length Wasteland movies in there. I would not have had any luck with setting this thing up at all if it weren't for your team led by Anna Lee. I mean, I'm just amazed. Um, you know, I've got a dungeon master, Francis, who's going to be on the show at some point. Um, nice little British guy. Um, and between the two of us, you know, we're not technological, but I mean, the, the Otherverse team just, they just jump in there and helped us so much. And the thing is growing, and we're um, sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a big, huge, grand opening with a film festival and a fetish party and a slave auction. And it's, no, it's, I just, can't un wait. it's just unreal. Yeah, I mean, you know, Anna's great, her team is great, and Virtual Wasteland, I'm blown away. Um, and I love the idea of being able to meet. Um, some of the uh, models that have been in, you know, Wasteland yep. clips and movies that I've been watching and, you know, uh, actually being able to see them uh, get suspended in the virtual world and, you know. Well, I, I mean, what, one of the other things I was fascinated with is, you know, using Skype video technology. Yeah. You know, we've got a lineup of um, professional dominoes, like femdoms. Yeah. That... Once a week, we're going to have a lecture series where somebody like, you know, I don't know if Midori will do it, but maybe Midori will do it. But somebody like Midori would come on and give a one-hour lecture demonstration on stage using video Skype technology where people could, for a pay-per-view, you know, for a couple of bucks, go in and watch a workshop. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're living in Kansas or Nebraska or Saskatchewan, you're not going to drive downtown and see Midori or somebody like that giving a lecture demo. Uh, but within Red Light Center and virtual.wasteland.com, um, yeah. it, it, and, it's know, there. And, uh, I mean, uh, based on what you saw at the convention, you see how all of these tools that we've got now, um, it's really exciting to be with, you know, hundreds of people that are like-minded. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're able to chat with them at the same time as you're hearing audio, um, and, and you can group chat or private chat. 
um, and really exchange sort of your impressions and information and ask questions. And it's, it, I mean, you know, um, you, you gave a, a phenomenal um, keynote uh, or you participated in a phenomenal keynote um, where I, I, even I was impressed with the way that information and it, the, the video technology and the avatar technology all integrate into something which is um, beyond even what you can get if you're there in the real world. I mean, it's hard to interrupt or it's hard to talk to your neighbor when, you know, she's up uh, giving a presentation. Um, mm -hmm. But in, in this kind of environment, you know, something, how did you do that not, you know? Well, yeah, and that, and, and that particular thing you're uh, referring to, I mean, if you can imagine, and maybe we can get a cutaway from some of your video mm -hmm. of the world uh, from that convention. Um, it was this beautiful auditorium, and it was filled with all these people who had come to, you know, either they were fans that wanted to see their favorite porn star or their B2B people there to interact. I'm up on stage with, was it with Christian Man? It was. Yeah, Christian. Yeah. It was. And Christian and I just sat up there like we were on the Oprah show <laughs> and just and just went at it for an hour. Um yeah. yeah. Well, well, we didn't. I, I should. We didn't go at it for an hour. That's a, that's a whole different thing. Personally, <laughs> I wish more conventions were online. Actually, because that was convenient. I mean, you know, I still met a bunch of people. I, I, I did some business. I saw some uh, some cool speakers, and I saw you know Colin's keynote and stuff. But I did it from my friggin' office at home in my underwear. Like it was, it was awesome. It was so amazing. And for me. You know, growing up on on games like Ultima Online, EverQuest, you know, then later like World of Warcraft and stuff, um, it it felt so natural to me. You know, and as as the business evolves and as the internet gets older, more and more people, the people that are getting into the industry now, are more comfortable with technology, more comfortable with gaming. It's just it's part of your culture, right? Like you give an, like an eight year old an iPhone, and they're gonna like kick your ass at Angry Birds like no problem you know so yeah. so I like I like the fact that it's evolving this way and I think it's going to get really big because again the people that are coming into the street into the industry now um, are going to be really a lot more comfortable with it and it's just so much cheaper you don't have to spend like two thousand dollars on on hotel or how many thousand dollars on 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 flights hotel uh, food uh, you know a, a trade show can be kind of expensive if you're if you're coming from a ways away so it's awesome. It's and I think I think you know you said to, uh, it's going to get big. Um, from what I can see on dealing with Red Light Center and other verse, it already is really. Well, big. it already there's, is there's, big. There's, but there's like, over there's over a million registered users. No, 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 there. no. People, I was people, I was specifically talking about the the convention. Yeah, yeah, the like, convention yeah. stuff. I think that's going to take off as well, Absolutely. much to the dismay of the brick and mortar folks. But speaking of <laughs> yeah. speaking of interviews, technology, man on the street, we're going to go to a short break, and then we're going to cut away to. Um, Shandy uh, from Rude.com, who's got a very um, large presence within Red Light Center already. Um, we might be able to bring in Loki or Francis, uh, my dungeon master. Uh, we're going to film that a little separately and bring it in. But we're going to take a little break and be right back um, after the and after their segment. We're going to come back to Brian um, to play off of what they were talking about. So Simon, take us out. Later, guys. <laughs> And we're back, and um, we're going to take a break from Brian Schuster for a little bit um, and talk to a couple of people who have got a lot of experience with developing properties and communities and networking within Red Light Center. We have um, Shandy and Loki um, coming in for the sort of the man and the woman on the street perspective. So I'm going to start with Shandy. And can you just uh, sort of just briefly tell us how you got involved and then you know, sort of what you've got at this point and what sort of demographics you're serving as far as people? Go ahead. Sure. Um, when we began the project, 
we sort of went it um, with eyes wide shut. Um, we didn't really know the, um, the, the, the project and exactly how we were going to build it out. Um, we just knew that it was a partnership that was going to be something we could build on. And so we began about three years ago. And when we did, um, it, it sort of just had organic growth. And um, we knew we were just um, going to have to try to like um, find a way to build a parallel between the um, the community that we have with uh, Rude.com and then into Rude Virtual. And so it's become very much like a swinger space. Um, uh, the community is such that it's um, uh, very open-minded, swinger, fun, um, just a parallel property to Rude.com. So I'm losing myself here, Colin. No, that, that's okay. I'll, I'll prompt you back. So are, are you, have you yeah. got to the points where you're having parties and events? And um, no, no. I've been, I've been to your space, and you've got a big cruise ship sitting out in the front. That looks like fun. <laughs> we, you know what? That's actually, I think, the um, the building block for the community is not just the cruise ship. I mean, obviously, but um, we've built the world out um, into uh, different. I'm losing myself here, Colin. That's <laughs> okay. No, it's not good. This can't be live, right? Uh, no, it's you not live. But it's more, well, it no, I'm saying it won't get any cuts. better in post. So just yeah. just keep on talking. <laughs> Actually, if you want to collect yourself, <laughs> we've been having some massive technical difficulties. Just so you know why we're all a little yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I actually, yeah, go to Loki uh, because so, so I'm, I'm going to go to Loki. <laughs> Loki, Please do. how do you get into Ooh. it and what you're doing in there? You're kind of like, you're like the mayor at this point. You've got so many properties. <laughs> I get lost trying to follow the map around what you're doing. Um, sure. Tell us the story. Try running it. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, long story short, uh, we were approached back in the beginning. I uh, pitched the concept of the other verse. Uh, we kind of found it laughable. No one would, no one would get into it. No one would come. Oh. We passed. Uh, Found out about a convention that happened in February. We saw it. We said, we have to be there. Got in world within about three, four hours. We said, we must be here more. And from there, it just decided on whether or not we were going to go franchise and build it from scratch on our own or piggyback on their platform. We chose the latter and piggybacked. And now we have 60-plus properties, clubs and auction houses and stores and malls and travel spots and the whole nine yards. It's just amazing, um, I you know, and Wasteland has been in development. We're we're in the process of going live right now with the Wasteland Virtual Dungeon, um, so our crew here has been working closely with both Loki and Shandy, um, and which is sort of what I alluded to when I was talking to Brian about how this is really kind of a blast from the past, back to like 1996, 1997, when people were first starting to become webmasters and start websites, and nobody really either knew what they were doing or had all the pieces or had the resources to do stuff. So there was this um, almost like a grassroots movement, so people developing things cooperatively. Um, Shandy, can you talk a little bit about that? And Loki, I want you to talk a little bit about that too as far as just sort of it feels like Main Street USA with the uh, Chamber of Commerce with the pizza guy knows the hairdresser and they exchange coupons. And uh, Go off on that a little bit, your experience. I think that's a key point is that sort of um, collective environment that um, well, like you and I sitting down together recently and discussing like what I didn't have that you have like we don't have um, say a bondage environment within our world but to be able to exchange um, our our traffic or our um, our 
business between um, worlds is I think the key element that we have to build on like we're, we're coming in at the ground floor of something which I think is gonna be uh, huge in the next like two or three years because we are what what I think um, is going back to like 1997 1998 in the in our industry in the adult industry is just the same thing that grassroots environment that you're talking about where people had to um, make partnerships or had to find those partnerships and build on them and I think that that's um, the, 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 the strongest thing we can do within um, Rude Virtual right now so mm -hmm. Loki. Loki, same experience. Well, I, I have to mirror everything that Shandy says and, and, and add to it that unlike most businesses where it's all cutthroat and com competition competition here it's actually like the evolution of social networking and it's you, you kinda like I don't want to say that you're forced to work together, but you, you kind of know that this is a community here, and it benefits all parties if you just work together. You know, mm -hmm. for us, we have out of all of our venues, we have something for everyone. We have one fetish nightclub, and right. if we get a big fetish crowd, we wanted to be able to send them somewhere else. So we we hooked up with you guys at Wasteland, and so we're going to be sending our people from Hellcats, our fetish club, into the Wasteland properties, and we'll be and sending ours back to you and the Shanty as well. And at right, the same well, time. We also went and picked up properties to help your guys' portfolio so that you have more places to send your people to as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it is just like you said, the, the hairdresser knows the pizza guy, the pizza guy knows the barber, and everybody's working mm -hmm. together. And it, it really benefits everybody. And, and just and just like I can't just, wait to see it in the next year, two or three. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's really taking off. Uh, <laughs> keeping with the analogy of the Downtown Business Association, um, you know, and everybody is exchanging coupons and customers and doorways and whatever. But just like downtown, there's politics involved. Um, and, and I've noticed that, you know, we've not been in Red Light Center that long. We've been in development for a couple of months at this point. But, you know, between Simon, our dungeon master, and myself and talking to other people, um, there seems to be all kinds of really interesting politics. You want to talk about that a little bit and how those get resolved? Uh, because it's going to happen. It's a pressure cooker. And everybody wants the same thing. Uh, Loki, do you want to take it or do you want me to? <laughs> I, I appreciate you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I you know I think there is, but I think that I, um, you know, if you're partnering up with, if you're talking about the in-world politics, um, there's going to be that amongst the members, which mm -hmm. is goes beyond. Like it's even something that I, um, uh, Loki, I think you will understand this. That that people, this is um, not a game. This is a world. This is like a virtual environment that people spend their time in and they live their lives in and they have a virtual experience, like a, a they're living their experience within a, a space that I think some people have a hard time understanding that, that mm -hmm. it, it, it becomes their life and or at least becomes their second their second sort of way of expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. And so the so the politics within that environment mm -hmm. then creates politics within the environments between partnerships that say we would have with um, with Wasteland or um, you know within the virtual worlds with Red Light Center and Otherverse and any of the properties and so there's it's multi-layered and so it's a learning experience to try to figure out who to put in charge of to, to who, who, to, who to make your mayor um, like you were saying with Loki like yeah. who, you know who who governs these spaces and um, and it's uh, it's very interesting 
but I think it's also business-wise something that we need to be really in tune to um, because if you put the wrong person in place, they can really create a bad experience that, that really cascades down into your member base and then also can um, have, a, have an effect on the partners that you choose, you know, so, say for instance so with you guys. One thing that, uh, that Brian had said in the earlier segment, which was fascinating, and there's uh, maybe Simon can uh, put up the words because I can never remember. They're really big Latin words, but it basically <laughs> means that the development of a fetus goes through the same evolutionary cycle as the evolution of animals. So you start out as a tadpole, and then it gets legs, and eventually it becomes a human being. And what Red Light Center and anything else that happens along with, like the early Internet, goes through those same evolutionary processes. And I, it's, and I wanted to talk to Loki a little bit about that. Do you see... Um, you know, with your member base, um, any kind of organizational things as far as, you know, I jokingly call you the mayor, but is there sort of a political thing or opposing political parties, which would be the next step in this? Have you seen anything as far as people organizing? Um, not really. You have, to, you have to keep in mind that we're actually still beta mode. We don't go live until the 24th. So all we have right now is the existing member base of the Otherverse. So you have the members. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, the Otherverse people. There, there's definitely a whole bunch of factions in there. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Reality TV has nothing on what happens in here from time to time. And, you know, there is one camp that is nicknamed Otherverse Dramaverse. And that's fine in that circle. It's, it's, not a, it's not a total representation of the world, mind you. I mean, there's a lot of good places and, and non-political movements in there. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> no, it can, I, 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 I've got to plead the fifth. <laughs> And I didn't. I didn't want to take this into it's, it's like politics. Or, I, I didn't want to imply the politics were yeah, negative. Yeah. I think it's a natural. When you people oh. move into a village together, there's going to be okay. differing opinions. There's going to be structures evolve, and so, yeah. sort of from an anthropological viewpoint, that's sort of where I was coming at with this entire thing: you, is the, the evolution of a, a society. It, there, it, there's it, a there's a, ahead, deco, there's a deco company out there. And they have become one of the biggest things in the entire platform. If you buy properties, you pretty much have something from these people. And on the forum of Otherverse, they've been nicknamed the Evil Empire. Now, the funny thing is, is the people themselves, they're the best people you've ever met in your life. Even the people that call them the Evil Empire do not have a harsh word to say about them. So, I mean, but because they're big and they're like Walmart, because, it just because sort they're, of... they're exactly because they're big, it's it's cool to make fun. It's it's, it's cool to poke fun. It's you know you'd be on that side of the fence where oh it's the evil empire, and even then they call themselves the evil empire, and it's a lot of tongue and cheek there. But <laughs> the the problem, and it's not really a problem. The reason that we have politics here in the other verse is that, like Shandy said, people live here, and and it's it's to the fact where that's our slogan: work in your world, live in ours. And you actually have families, and the families, they fight each other because one family wants to be bigger than the other family, so they go and try to snipe people away from the family, or they start little inner turmoil. So when you mention politics, it's not as much as, you know, um, uh, mayor, president, governor, stuff like that, as much as it's, uh, it's the, it's the, uh, oh, the capital, uh, <laughs> it's like the organic protective nature of people. That you're seeing, yeah, it's like the survivor sort of instinct. And for some reason, it's he who has the biggest family will dominate the other verse, but you literally have hundreds and thousands of families out there, mm -hmm. and it's 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 a very interesting dichotomy. And 
we've never seen anything like this. No matter where you come from or how you how you were brought up, you've never seen this quite like this. All right. Well, and, and I think. I think until I actually experienced it myself, I would have thought of it as a game environment. I would have thought of it as something that I was joining and I was playing some sort of a game. But then once you actually get into the world environment, you realize that it's that it's sort of this sort of um, it's life happening. It's a community, and it, it's a it's a one up on the social networking environment that Loki was talking about. That we have, you know where people want to be engaged all the time. They want to interact. And, and sometimes they takes, even get married, I hear. Yeah, I, you know. There's a booming wedding business in there. It, yeah. yeah, you know, and within Rude Virtual, that is um, that is our biggest um, ray maker, if you will, is um, weddings. Like our beach, we have a beach environment where people are married daily. Mm-hmm. And um, and they may or may not have ever met one another in life. They may have never spoken on the phone, um, but they have a real world, um, a, a real virtual world marriage, mm-hmm. and um, that that they take very seriously. So it's really an interesting dynamic. Fascinating. So I'm going to wrap yeah. up. I'm going to wrap up this segment and just ask. Um, we'll start with Loki. Uh, where where do you see yourself, or where would you like to see yourself in like one year from now with? Um, you know your your growing um, presence in there. Just give me a give me a dream. Give me a wish list. What do you what do you, what do you want to have going? Well, okay. The joking answer is I will own Otherverse. The uh, the actual realistic uh, answer is I, I would hope to change the marketing direction of the entire platform away from the dating sites that it's that it's doing now and open it up more to mainstream because mm-hmm. th- this is this is your virtual life. This is something unlike you've ever seen before. If you're a fan of social networking, you know, we can't use this kind of slogan, but it, imagine Facebook come to life, right? Mm-hmm. And within a year from now, I would love more than anything else that all of our venues are up and running. I'm able to take a step back and start helping other businesses inside the Otherverse get to where we're at, show them how to intermingle with companies, how to approach companies outside of the platform and bring them in to help sponsor their events, do partnerships with them and so on and so forth. Now when a new client comes out, there's a whole other animal that will be involved. One of the main reasons that we were asked to come in, uh, as as you may or may not know, I come from the 3D tune industry and I will be doing skins and clothing for people that use their avatars as soon as a new client rolls out. So that that's going to be a big portion. Down the line, say two, three, four, five years or whatever, I would like to be a white label franchise and have our own platform. But that's, you know, that's, that's the far out there. All right. And Shadi, where are you going with this thing? You know, I see it as such a um, partnership uh, community with what we're doing now with, um, with, with Rude um, that I definitely would like to see it expand. I think that um, I would like to see it go outside of uh, just the adult side of the industry, just like Loki is saying, um, the mainstream side I think has not even begun to touch some of these properties, and also like you're seeing, um, uh, you know, the whole um, Fifty Shades of Grey, Magic Mike, woman's thing going on right now. There's this sort of new openness to um, sensuality, sexuality, where I think people are more willing to come into spaces that they weren't comfortable with, women in particular, and I would yeah, like we- to see. We've been having a lot of this conversation lately between Shannon yeah. as far as our, our women's site, SSSH.com, which is we've had for about 10 or 11 years at this point. And it's really taking off because of the, what you're mentioning, the Fifty Shades of Grey and now Magic Mike. And, you know, women are, 
much more comfortable in their skin or, you know, showing their skin or at least talking about skin um, than they were even a couple of years ago. So I think you've got a real point there as far as a women's presence within Red Light Center. Yeah, uh, well, I agree too because it also provides a, a little bit of a veil to where they can explore some of those experiences that they didn't necessarily feel comfortable, don't necessarily feel comfortable about going out and like virtual wasteland or um, even, you know, the swinger side of um, Rude Virtual is they don't maybe necessarily feel like they can go out and do that in their own life. But if they can do it with the, um, the you know, in the avatar experience and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and even what Loki's talking about with, um, creating, you know, you're creating these costumes for them or these, um, you know, this clothing and this way for them to be somebody that they don't necessarily feel like they can be or, or are in real life. Mm -hmm. I think that really creates a huge audience for what we have going on here, you know, because you can, you can do what you want to do, but you can do it with a little bit of privacy. Yeah. Some privacy to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so with that, I, um, we're going to just Put up a couple of little screen grabs of your various properties, Shandy's big old boat and um, yeah. um, Loki's Hellfire Club and, you know, whatever you want to get us to pop up and we'll have a little musical interlude and then we're going to go right back to Brian Schuster. But I want to thank you both. And um, if you look at somewhere on the screen, once it's up, you're going to see their Twitter accounts. So you can uh, please go follow them and follow them into the world once you get the software. So, yeah. Um, so thank you, Shandy. Thank you, Loki. Yeah. And can you um, just Always say, a pleasure. Uh, say goodbye to everybody? Bye -bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Loki. <laughs> Bye, Colin. And Simon, take us out. And we're back at Dirty Old Man TV with our guest today, Brian Schuster from Otherverse and Red Light Center. Um, you know, we just had a wonderful sort of a man and woman on the street, construction worker, vendors, people who are in there building this uh, building community within this virtual world. And, you know, we talked a bit about, and Brian, say that phrase one more time that I love oh. so much. Phylo uh, ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny. <laughs> new favorite phrase. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's really. Um, uh, I, I say it to sound smart. No. It, it, yeah, I was just gonna ask. Do you like bust that out in social situations just to get pussy or what? <laughs> you it know, must. It must yeah, work. And uh, you know, surprisingly, not as well as you might think. Damn it! But uh, I was banking on that. <laughs> hey, you no. Know, I, I give it a try. Give me give me feedback. It's not exactly appropriate, but you know, it's it's sort of a, a an analogy. It, uh, what, what it means is um, uh, that the gestation of a fetus uh, goes through the same stages as evolution went through. So, you know, the fetus starts off looking like a fish and then it looks more like, uh, you know, a uh, reptile and then a mammal. Dude, the, the, the Earth was born 6,000 years ago, man. Come on. Yes. Well, I mean, not, not, nevertheless. The fetus <laughs> cut, away to the, <laughs> cut away to the Mitt Romney ad now. <laughs> But where I was kind of going with that sort of convoluted um, intro to this was that, um, you know, 
what I find being around for a long time and now going into Red Light Center as a, you know, as a, the virtual wasteland, you know, bondage and fetish club dude, um, is that it's it's almost like back in the 1990s during the early days of the adult internet where rather than, you know, what it is today I'm finding is a lot of dating networks and ad networks and whatever, just literally ripping your wallet out through your ass with CPM deals that you have very little control over. You don't even know who you're talking to. You're dealing with these CPM networks and they're just, you know, just taking your money. Whereas back in the early days, it was a lot of guys like you and me and, you know, the, all the original guys from Why Not Network, you know, the the, the 12, as we were called. Ron, you know, he, just, he just yeah, yeah, Ron and um, Bang Wang and, Sergio. you know, Sergio. <laughs> well, he was, yeah. Um, but, you know, we would just come up with, hey, why don't we, you know, my dad's got a garage and I got a curtain. Why don't we put on a show? And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then we'll just make the traffic go around and round and round like, like you – like you were doing with Xpex, and what I've found, um, you know, my experience in developing the virtual wasteland is very much the same with the other business owners and vendors and things like that. It's a cooperative effort. Um, right. I'm opening a doorway or a portal to someone's swinger club, like Shandy, or to Loke with his Hell Club, which people with similar interests to bondage, and they cross over very nicely, but nobody is expecting, all right, uh, wire. $2,500 for the first 24 hours to my account in Cyprus, and, and then we'll see what happens. That's right. It's um, a whole different thing, and I'm loving it. Um, and it's because I had the experience at the very beginning of the web, and I saw the direction that it went, and I saw sort of, you know, I'll use another phrase, the tragedy, the commons uh, that, that happened, where, um, you know, when it was us, the, the 12 of us basically trading, trading traffic, um, you, you knew what was happening. Um, it was coming from trusted sources, going to trusted sources. We all knew we were experimenting with things. Um, but as it started to explode out, you started to have, um, uh, it, it sort of shattered into unreliable uh, garbage traffic, you know, traffic started to have different different qualities, and then uh, it sort of became a crapshoot. Um, and you had people trying to enter the market where they're entering the market with investor money, or mm -hmm. uh, you know, they don't know how to realize returns, so they're they're bidding and and paying for traffic that they they can't monetize and forcing prices up. I mm -hmm. mean, the, the whole industry really went into sort of the crapper. Um, and my experience with that. You know, when I started uh, Red Light Center and started to say, well, we're going to start introducing third parties in here, we built the whole thing with uh, the traffic systems in mind of the original uh, web. So when we do, when we talk about door trades and, and you know, uh, exchanging traffic, it comes from a, a base of knowledge that blends MMO stuff which obviously is important, but really relies on a core foundation of the internet where you, for example, get statistics um, of how many people walk through the door. Um, when they walk through, you can, you can get all of the actual demographics um, because we built, we baked that into the, into the core foundation of Otherverse. We knew it would be important. It wasn't layered on top. And just, and just to, um, 
for anybody who's not familiar with how the whole system works inside Red Light Center, you know, like I've got virtual wastelands. Shandy's got her Swingers Club network. Uh, Loki's got Hell Club and 200 other properties in there. Um, Max has got his Bone Town thing. Right. When you walk into their property, you can do things. You can have sex. You can watch a movie. You can whatever. But there's all of these um, monetization possibilities within your property. Like, for instance, Virtual Wasteland, if you're watching a video trailer, you can click here to see more. It'll spawn a browser so somebody can go join Wasteland. Um, you know, in our store, you know, it's got all the mannequins up there with all their bondage and fetish. If they, you know, gear on, if they click on it, they go to our uh, Wasteland stockroom white label so people can, it'll show up in their mail in three days. So, so and, and, and that's, the, that's the real power of what we're talking about as far as these door and portal exchanges. This, right. It's is like, you've got like-minded people that are going back and forth. But, you know, Shandy is not expecting from within MySpace that she's going to get a back end off of if I sell a butt plug. And I'm not expecting to get a back end if one of my people walk in there to go and join her swingers network. So that that's where the fundamental difference is. is right. You know, we, we're all various shopkeepers and club owners that respect each other's territory and, and we're just providing value to each other by sending each other visitors that are walking around with you know so, with a raise in their pocket right it's like building up a, a business district or on a on a happening street um, where you don't expect people to stay in your club and your shop and never go anywhere else um, which was sort of the sort of the mentality on the internet which is you know if I'm gonna send traffic away um, you know, I, I have to be compensated for it because otherwise that traffic would stay and be valuable to me, which really didn't make sense. Um, it's more, well, you know, uh, people want to do different things. So they'll come to your club, they'll go to Shandy's club. And then, you know, if, if they're in Shandy's club, you know, you know the more they hang out and, and find something in common between you and Shandy and Loki, you know, the more they just stay in that area generally or visit that area. the other thing that that really promotes is a better user a uh, better experience for the end user um in the way that if you're sending people away with your recommendation as it were because if you're linking to them or, or setting up a door to them you're obviously recommending them you're going to make sure that the people you're recommending are top quality people that you agree with that you like their their work it's not shoddy work you know whereas right. traffic as it evolved i mean just like link building for example you know that was a big thing uh, that a lot of people did you just built as many links to anywhere just to get more backlinks right um that was a very popular method for that a lot of people use and what that ended up in is like users the end end user possibly going to places that aren't very good, <laughs> you know, so, so, um, or spawn 5,000 windows, or spawn 5,000 windows, whatever, you're absolutely right, you know, so I, I, I really like that, because it'll also keep the quality of the people involved higher, because the, the shitty ones will just be naturally, um, kind of not linked to, right, because you're gonna want to respect your, your end user, I like that, but I have a, another question going back again a little bit is, well, um, Simon, Simon, before you go there, bookmark that, I wanted to throw in a classic film reference, which I, which I tend to do. Right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tend to <laughs> put things buff. in. I'll put things in the uh, paradigm of old movies. Um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. It was you know you remember the whole Santa Claus thing, Bloomingdale's versus Macy's, and then oh my God, um, either Macy's or Bloomingdale's started sending people to the other store if the toy was out of stock. What happened with that? Their consumers became more loyal. 
they just went nuts. They said, I can't believe you just sent me to Bloomingdale's for that. Um, it's, so it's a whole different thing. I had a, I had a funny brief story. It's 1997, 1988, early days of the Internet. I'm in Amsterdam or Prague or someplace at one of the very early European Internet shows. And, you know, all the Dutch guys and the American guys, we were all over in one part of the thing, all whooping it up and exchanging traffic. And all the German guys were sitting at one little table looking very glum and didn't want to talk to anybody. And, you know, and, you know, I, I kept trying to say, you want to trade some traffic? You want to do something together? Oh, no, no, no. I, we're just here to learn and investigate. So I finally asked one of the Dutch guys, I said, what is it with the Germans? He says, well, you know, the Germans, they have a shopkeeper mentality. And it's like, okay, I own a sausage, um, a sausage store on Main Street. And if someone comes in and asks to buy sausage, I will sell it to them. If I don't have the sausage they want, I'm not going to send them to this one down the street. I'll just tell them, come back some other day. I might have the sausage then. And he said, and that's the German um, shopkeeper mentality, which I think we've really gotten back to as far as on the broader scheme at this point. People aren't sharing and why I really appreciate Red Light Center and what we're able to do in there. So end of my historic rant. Yeah, well, the Internet has really gone that way in a lot of ways, and a lot of it has, I think, to do with, to, to do with Google because Google always put their end user first and because they, they realize that if we put, a, put out a really good product and don't worry about money, just put out, be the best at something and, and treat our users, make, make it the best experience for our users, the money will come after, right? And it did, right? And, and I think a lot of businesses had to follow that, right, to, to, to stay in business. Um, but, but to get back to the point that I, was, I, was, I wanted to ask before was, because I, I don't know, is you guys are talking about the, the shopkeepers and you have your stores and all this. Where does the original currency come from? Does everyone – like how, how can you earn – just like I'm a beginner, yeah. right? Like I just want to get sure. into this game. I don't have a business or I don't want to start a shop or anything. How can I go about earning money? Can I, can I buy it using real money maybe like – or, well, it, it, it all it all starts out as with most things in human nature, with the ability to take your clothes off and have <laughs> sex. So, so you know, uh, virtual.wasteland.com. Someone comes to me uh, as I'm promoting my you know virtual BDSM club. They download the software, which is c- coded to me to know it came. It'll drop them in the wasteland <laughs> lobby. Well, they're they're just kind of a civilian at that point, and <clears throat> they can walk around and look at the trailers and things, but. They can't take their clothes off or have sex without upgrading to a VIP membership, okay. which, is, which is reasonably priced. That then injects rays into the system. Once they've done that, then they can start buying more rays to give to gifts or to pay for a working girl. That, that's where the currency injection comes is from the end user. Well, um, th- and that's, that certainly is a part of it, Colin. Uh, uh, but, you know, we actually developed a very um, – uh, next generation kind of uh, currency. Um, I uh, w- one of my hobbies is uh, uh, economics. Um, That's a hobby. And- really? <laughs> Surprisingly, you're a smart dude, man. Wow. <laughs> or or get a, or get a life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, but I, I think we developed a. A currency system which is better than real world currencies. It's uh, it's got. Um, I've actually filed for patent protection on the method uh, and systems for um, creating a virtual, a digital gold standard. Um, this is probably not as interesting to viewers as the way that they can get rays into the system. 
So uh, let me sort of just hit hit that. Um, you know, a traditional game like uh, let's let's talk about World of Warcraft. You can go, you get gold by completing quests, killing monsters, uh, and looting corpses, that type of thing. In other verse, um, when you do social activities, you are rewarded with rays. Okay. So you log into the world. Uh, uh, you know, twice a day you can log into the world, and you can earn you know a, a one and a half rays. Um, you go visit people's profiles, or if people visit your profile, you earn, you know, a nickel or a dime. Oh, interesting. You do that. Um, so that injects sort of fresh currency into the system, and users, I mean, users actually pay for their memberships that way um, uh, and get VIP essentially for free if they're diligent about doing all of these things. If they watch training videos or videos that other users have created, they get raised. Um, and then... Once they're comfortable with the system, typically users will buy rays from other users, or they can buy uh, rays from us. But we don't we don't print um, like a central bank. We don't print rays. Uh, we we inject rays into the system uh, based on value that's provided to the system, and then we take rays out of the system uh, with that value. How do you? Because that's an interesting point. Like in every MMO and online, you know, virtual uh, economy, there's always some kind of money sink, right? To to basically take the currency out of the game, otherwise it would just build into infinity, right? So how are you going about removing some of this currency from the system? So we remove currency from the system in well, there's hundreds of ways, but let's say um, somebody like Colin comes in, rents a big property. Um, he uh, pays in rays that get removed from the system or that go back into the central bank account of Got the it. system. Um, and we have, uh, literally, we have more than a million user-generated properties now, and those all pay rent. Cool. Um, we take a commission on clothing sales and avatar sales, which are all done with rays, um, and we affirmatively go into the market and buy rays uh, out of the market. Um, when we, let's say, we get value because somebody sees a bunch of ads um, and we're paying them raise to see those ads basically by visiting profiles. Um, so that money comes in and we use that money to keep the equilibrium in raise. So uh, you can look back. We pay interest, by the way, at like up to 7% <laughs> on raise balances. Um, and raise have been valued between seven and seven and a half cents for more than two years now, just completely stable. No inflation. Um, uh, we have it managed essentially perfectly. Um, so you know what? I, I think that Ray's should, and this entire system you were talking about, should be the new economic structure for the country of Greece. It, it, it would just solve everything. I agree with you. I think uh, a trip to Greece is definitely in order. And if I can't make it out to the country... I'll do the next best thing. That's that's pretty awesome, actually. I mean, no, I, I'm really I'm really impressed with really, how stable that economy is. Like, that's that's actually really quite impressive. I mean, you're you're like you said, a, more than a, like a million online properties. You know, you have a huge user base. There's got to be millions upon millions. Do you have like a? <laughs> I always wondered about like you know. Uh, the programmers for like World of Warcraft or EverQuest, or do they have like stats like how much gold is currently in the, like just like these fun oh, stats? Yeah. Do you have like a number sitting there like how much money is in the system? Not just money in the system, um, but 
uh, gross money in the system, money that's available to, for VIPs to be able to use and, and on a per capita VIP and a per capita on uh, dormant accounts and all of that. Um, I keep, uh, I, you know, I, and I actually manage the central bank for, we have multiple franchises. We've got a Brazilian franchise and I'm managing that one uh, also. They use a currency called Braze, <laughs> Brazilian Braze. Nice. <laughs> so, so Brian, if uh, I know your camera is not movable, but if we were to pan over to your left a little bit, there's a big, huge dial beside you that you dial up and down the currency. It's, 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 almost, it's almost like the, the scrub at CC Bill, you know, Ron sitting there dialing it down. And but I always wanted to say I wanted to be in the business of printing money. I mean, what, what better? <laughs> Life goal achieved. You nailed it. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. All right, so, so so let's move on to like what's next. I know that you've got a very large um, uh, platform upgrade uh, with yeah. some very very cool features coming out, like photorealistic avatars and things like that. So so yeah. what's next? And I think you know if your developers can send us over some a little footage that you can cut away to um, Simon, you know, um, as we're going through this. Just what what's the next version? And well. The most visible thing for um, uh, users is uh, going to be the graphics upgrade that, that you're talking about. Um, things will be able to look photorealistic. So from the standpoint of doing bondage, from the standpoint of doing any kind of sex or anything, I mean, the, the graphics that we're seeing now, it's like you, you can't, at the top end, you can't, you, I can't, I won't say you can't, you almost can't distinguish between live, real person now an avatar. Um, Close-ups of, you know, I mean, it's just, it's really remarkable. It's HD stuff. Um, you can map your face. You can map your body. So just imagining outside of the sex uh, industry uh, ideas, but um, for, for clothing shopping, um, this is going to be the one killer app that I'll talk about aside from the conventions. Um, girl goes uh, to the mall, um, starts buying all of her clothes, for uh, trying them on on her avatar first, buying them digitally and having them sent to her, right? Mm. Now she has a digital copy of her closet. So she wants to see if shoes match an outfit. Three weeks later, she goes to a virtual shoe store. She pops on the outfit that she's thinking about onto her avatar, and she can match shoes. She can go across the way and get a skirt um, and assemble it all. She's got essentially a, a digital version of her um, closet and herself and she can go shopping she can go shopping with friends from all over um, that's kind of the uh, the direction that photorealism will take us um, in addition to that uh, there are huge improvements over over what we currently have so it doesn't need to be photorealistic um, you could do I talk about this one like a South Park world um, where everybody looks like South Park characters, <laughs> um, and that would be a lot of fun or a stick figure world. Um, users will be able to script things so they can create create their own MMOs. And um, it's going to be a totally open, like there, there are server scripting languages and uh, server scripting capabilities, client scripting capabilities. So um, what I'm aiming for in the next version is a couple of kids in their garage um, able to go out for a few thousand bucks um, and build the next World of Warcraft on this platform. Um, and they'll be able then to do door trades. Wow. Right? Wow. Um, you know, other MMOs that have been built on the system. So we're going to see, like, you know, Facebook has the, the, the game apps. Um, I, they... I think Simon just came in his pants. That's No, to me, that's amazing <laughs> because, 
you know, for example, I I grew up, you know, I've I've said I've you know said a couple of the names uh, of games that I've played, but like for example, Counter Strike, Dota, these games came from the community. They weren't built by Valve, for example. Um, they came Team Fortress, I think, was another one uh, that wasn't developed. It was developed by the community, by like you said, a couple of kids put in their own time, put in a couple of their own bucks, and built this mod, which then became some of the biggest games on the planet, played by millions of people. Right now, they're they're legit game developers, and and you're giving the ability for uh, for people to do that on providing that platform. I mean, that is that is astounding. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, once you say it and once you actually process on that, in, especially into the game developer community or, you know, uh, generations that are, have grown up on this, it becomes, I, I, I think it becomes just very obvious that, oh, right, this must be the direction that the new Internet's going. Um, um, being able to, um, say, have a marketplace for animations, a marketplace for um mini games, a marketplace for these scripts that, you know, a kid can just go, well, I'm going to assemble, you know, I, I don't need to build my own inventory system. Here's a good inventory system. Here's a good combat system. Here's a good leveling system. I can assemble that, some good graphics. I put some glue around it, and I, I kick out an awesome, interesting story MMO. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I can get traffic from it. Uh, because my buddy has an MMO that's successful, and uh, once people are d- done playing that, we'll trade back and forth, kind of thing. It's and nice. Once, and, and once and once they finish a level, they're awarded with uh, 15 minutes with a sex worker from Red Light Center. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> no, no, build it. Build it. I want to see, see your game. That's pretty amazing. I mean, it's really cool because a lot of these indie indie games, like for example, you know, they started off as that, and then they they branched out and became. Hugely successful, like League of Legends, right? And then became that became a free to play game that has made trillions of dollars. It's, I mean, it, apparently it's even crushing World of Warcraft now at its peak. It's just, and it, and and it's it operates in the same way where you're, it's all microtransactions, right? You're you're paying little bits at a time, and um, the model in which you're building, I mean, you could, I mean, it's it's basically infinite. It, it all, and and do you find that the internet is kind of going that way in a lot of ways in terms of like crowdsourcing and independent just because you have the ability to move a lot faster whereas a big corporation generally is just kind of like a big lumbering beast do you do you, do you feel that at all or I, I, you know i totally feel that way but in in a lot of aspects i feel that the internet is it's too much um unregulated crowdsourcing right um, and so you end up with a, a lot of like you know, I talk about First Amendment uh, a lot and like what freedom of speech means. And a lot of times I feel like um, real speech gets crowded out, for example, by just like trolling and, and people derailing threads mm-hmm. as just a microcosmic example of what we're talking about. Um, and I, I think that the, doing it intelligently with, you know, a central, I, I, I hate to say a central plan, but let's say a centralized marketplace, a centralized um, browser system that all the users essentially use, I think is going to assist that crowdsourcing. But yes, you're right. I mean, the internet is, it, it, the, the best content is now being, is being crowdsourced. I mean, you know, uh, I used to be back in the day, you know, I had to watch whatever movie was, uh, was being played on, on the site um, before I knew what the content was like. Now I just look at how, 
I mean, how it's rated and what the comments. Well, that's are, another I... big thing that I was gonna I was gonna kind of come back at you with was the was the idea of the cream kind of rising to the top in terms of yeah. content, right? Like, yeah, you have to like oftentimes you know you have to sift through a lot of garbage to find the good stuff, but generally. I find, like, the internet works in, in a lot of ways how Reddit works, right? Where the cream, you know, it gets upvotes and it goes up. For example, Colin, uh, you know, puts up a doorway to this person. He's going to make sure that that person that he's linking to is very high quality, right? Because he's getting nothing in return aside from the satisfaction of his end user. So making sure that you're basically propagating good content and uh, will be your filter, right? We'll make sure that the trolling, because I I know exactly what you mean. Like, that's why I hate traditional forums now, because you you have to go through so much crap to get to the good stuff. Whereas, you know, for example, Reddit, the cream always just naturally rises to the top because of the system that it's built on. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of work to do something as easy as what what I say, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, be, is, is creating a system where people can actually assemble these MMOs and have that work uh, without it being a bunch of bullshit is what's really taking so long in the development process. Yeah. But I'm hoping um, that we're going to have something that users can start to play with and, and it'll demonstrate everything um, by the end of this year. Wow. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of an ambitious target now, but uh, you know, I've been saying, <laughs> I've been saying uh, 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 December 21, 2012, is when we're launching our new world. All the calendars align. So, <laughs> so speaking of calendars and clocks and schedules and things like that, looking at Mickey's hands on the wall up there in front of me, I think we're, we're kind of out of time at this point. Um, but, Brian, we do want to have you back on, and I think probably we might be able to actually just do a Simon and you, and I can just kind of sit in the corner and not talk because <laughs> you guys could go on for another segment just about these advanced stuff we're talking about. Um, I don't know, though. Yeah. It was really – it's uh, great, the three of us. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, only, the, only game, the only game I play is uh, Angry Birds and the World of Goo. So, you know, <laughs> you're, you're way over my head on this stuff. Um, but I want, to, I want to thank you very much, Brian. I've known you for a lot of years, and it's so glad that we're both kind of just chugging along and doing some stuff together again. And I'm going to turn it back to Simon to take us out of here. I just want to, I want to give Brian, thank you very much. I just want you to plug anything, give any shout-outs, uh, your Twitter URLs or anything. It's all on the overlay anyway, but I want you to say it for the MP3 and iTunes listeners. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I, I come to www.redlightcenter.com. Um, and that pretty much will uh, uh, will explain it all to you. There's links to Twitter, and and you can follow and all of that. There's a huge community there. Um, like I say, a thousand weddings a year. So if you're looking to uh, uh, to hook up, it's not just a it's not just a poke the doll game. It's a it's a real community, and you'll find a lot of people that um, you are uh, in mental sync with. So. Uh, exciting stuff, Simon. Really enjoyed uh, uh, meeting you and, and doing the show. And Colin, damn man, uh, uh, really great, really great working with you. And if you want to fast forward to the like-minded people that like really scary shit, um, go to virtual.wasteland.com. Download the software on your PC, maybe someday on Apple, and come on in. It'll drop you right into our dungeon. And it's the same thing as what. Brian's doing. We're just uh, being graciously hosted within his world. So, <laughs> Simon, back to you. All right, guys, just uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Simpatico TV. You can find uh, Colin over at Wasteland Movies, and uh, I think we have 
Who do we have on next week? I can't remember. Um, was it? I don't even know if we've done that episode yet. Never mind. We're gonna, but we will let you know on Twitter. That's a great reason to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Dirty Old Men TV on Facebook. Um, we got uh, Mitt Romney is on next Mitt week. Romney with his magic underpants on his head. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be wearing those. All right, guys, I'm just going to end it right there. This train wreck is now complete. We'll see you guys next time.